The autumn wind is a pirate. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Raider Nation podcast. I am not your host, Raider Greg. Where is he? Who am I? We'll find that out in a minute on show 491. So you're wondering what happened to Raider Greg this week. Well, last Sunday when he was watching the Broncos game, he got a little too emotional. And he strained his voice. He went to the doctor and found out he had broken the transverse process off the back of his vocal cords. So he's going to be out from two to six weeks. And I'm going to have to step in as the EJ Manual of the Raider Nation podcast. No, actually, Greg and his wife Charmaine are on a cruise right now on the Mexican Riviera, and they weren't going to be getting back until tomorrow night, too late to do the podcast, so I guess I'm just going to have to step up and put something together, so so I'm going to throw a few clips on from 95.7 The Game, we'll hear from Greg Papa, Bill Romanowski, Lorenzo Neal, we'll hear a little bit from a doctor about Derek Carr's injury, and then we'll hear the bone line calls, and that'll do it. Oh, and in case you haven't figured it out who I am, this is Randy, Greg's partner, and I hate recording my voice. This is three times Derek has broken a bone in his body in since what, Thanksgiving? Uh, it broke the left pinky finger on the snap against Carolina, the fibula on Christmas Eve against the Colts, and now this. And, and this was not a really hard hit. Uh, I, you know, he didn't get lit up. It was just kind of a glancing bolt blow. I don't know if it was the twisting of the neck and when Gotsis kneed him. He didn't even knee him you know, right in the small of the back. It was more to the side. So the first thing you worry about is his bone composition, and why is he why is he fa- suffering all these fractures? And they've been they've been unrelated, but they haven't been violent hits. This is I don't want to say catastrophic news, but it was shocking. I mean, it, it, when the Raiders flew home on Sunday night, nobody thought, including any of the medical people or Derek, that it was that bad of an injury, a transverse process fracture. Yeah, you know the body, Bill. You know the healing of the body. Yes. It's a wide range, two weeks, six weeks. There's a lot of football games in between there. They're going to be hard. You're playing the Kansas City Chiefs two weeks and two nights from today. Going into that game, now that you're two and two, you're either going to be four and two, three and three, or two and four. If he's only going to miss two, uh, I would just give Derek all the video on Bob Sutton's defense. The Chiefs are a problem. You saw what they did last night. Now they're rushing three and dropping eight. They are really good defense, completely different than Denver's. So he, he needs to spend the next two weeks as he heals here just studying up on the Kansas City Chiefs, and hopefully he can come back and play in that game. 
Could he play in that game? What 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 do you know about this injury and how does he heal? Well, from it? what I know about you know it's not a huge issue. It's a small little bone that's part of your spine, you know. But what I do know about healing bones and will what will heal them the quickest, and we've talked about it a lot, the hyperbaric chamber. We talked about it with the brain on what it does. There's like almost, other than having bed, uh, bed sores that older people get in diabetics, you know, need to get in hyperbaric chamber. Hyperbaric chamber is unbelievable for healing bones. Literally, I bet the bone would be healed in a week if he was seven straight days in a chamber. He'd be ready to go. And you know the Raider medical people well. I, I know Rod do Martin, you, who's do, one do, of the best. Do they have the type of hyperbaric chamber that you're talking about no, in they their do, facility? they do not. But they're here in town somewhere. This, yeah, so you, would he have to go sleep in it? There, there's in it? one what, in what? Concord. You know, there's one, you know, at the uh, Kaiser Hospital. There, there's, you know, there's... And how many hours do you need to be in there? No, you need to be one. Just one hour? One, one hour a day. One, one hour treatment, day. yes. Yeah, you one can't, treatment. Yeah, you can't stay in all day. I, I broke my ankle in San Diego, and I played in three weeks, and I had I had surgery on it where I got pins, the plate in there, and then three weeks later, I was playing. I was in hyperbaric, like you said, every single day. Sometimes twice a day for an hour. I have a daughter that suffers with seizures. She's in the hyperbaric chamber, so I'm a huge believer in it. But we had David Chow on Doctor Chow, San Diego Chargers doctor, when he was uh, there. He's and fabulous. He, yeah, he's done all my surgeries. He's done Junior Sale. He's a great doctor, and he said, "Hey, if you can play with it. Sometimes it's a week. Sometimes it's even two weeks." He said, "You see, uh, Tony Romo was able to play in a week. You could, it's just how much pain you can tolerate on, on those typical injuries." So you're right, Bill. He can be back week, two weeks. Just going to be on, on Derek. I hope Derek's listening. Derek, are you out there listening? No, I hope he's in the hyperbaric <laughs> chamber studying Bob Sutton's defense in Kansas exactly. City. Exactly. to listen to this show. Former NFL head team doctor. You can catch him now on Sirius XM and at the San Diego Union Tribune. Follow him on Twitter at ProFootballDoc. It's Dr. David Chow with Jolo and Dibs on 95.7 The Game. What's up, Doc? How are you? I'm doing good. Do I get an, an invite to the golf tournament? Would you like to come up and play? <laughs> Have Lowe send his jet. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's a Cessna dock, let's be honest. It's a twin engine with one engine suspect. <laughs> I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> All right, Doc, so let's start with Derek Carr. Explain to us what exactly this injury is, and then we'll start talking time frame. Well, the injury is a transverse process fracture. And, uh, on, you know, as you know, I've been doing some writing for the Union Tribune in real time. And as soon as he left the game, we posted an article saying, hopefully it's just a contusion and soreness, but the main worry is transverse process fracture. Very similar to what Tony Romo had in 2014 and Cam Newton as well with his rollover car accident. So that's what the injury is. How quick can someone come back from that, Doc, and what's the longest you think? Well, the good news is that the transverse process fracture are little wing-like projections where muscles uh, are attached. And essentially, it's almost treated like a muscle injury. Certainly, it's very painful, 
and any fracture is painful. But you're not really waiting for it to heal. And it's also not structural from the point of view that there is no worry related to the spinal cord nerves or the spinal column or paralysis or anything like that. If you look at Tony Romo's circumstance, he actually finished his game in 2014 with the injury, then missed the next week, and then played the following week, even traveled to London to play. Cam Newton missed one week as well with his transverse process fractures. And I'm not saying that Derek Carr could have finished the game because he obviously was very sore, the spasms, and you could see the way he walked up to the locker room. He was very stiff, and he wouldn't have been able to be effective. So it affects different people differently. But I don't believe Jack Del Rio and the team is rushing him. The two- to six-week timeline is very friendly. I think you you need to take the under on that. The under on two or the under on six altogether? Well, certainly the under on six, but I would say if two to six, you're saying an average of four. So you're going to take the under on the average of four. Quite honestly, I would be surprised if he misses more than one game. He's a tough kid. He's trying to play through and trying to do all the right things. I'm not saying he's going to be 100% in two weeks, but if you looked at past precedent, that's what it was. Bryce Petty a couple years ago when he was at Baylor had a transverse process fracture and uh, played in two weeks, missed one game. So that kind of is the, is the target number. And, and by the way, I don't think there was anything nefarious going on in the Oakland locker room. I don't think Jack Del Rio meant any harm by saying it was just back spasms and he'll be okay. The bottom line is this. It's very understandable for the initial x-rays to be normal. And uh, because it's a hard thing to x-ray, and sometimes the fractures are subtle. You know, you, you have abdominal contents in there overlying the transverse process. You can easily miss or not detect it, and the MRI is, is uh, pretty accurate. Any x-ray machine, it doesn't detect every minor fracture, and I'm not belittling it. It is his spine. It hurts, but I don't think uh, Jack Del Rio was trying to sweep anything under the rug or hide anything from anybody. Uh, this is what's normal. This is why you look for the Monday morning report more seriously than the Sunday night report. Dr. David Chow here on 95.7 The Game. So is this something that, and and take this weekend out of it, but the following week, could he play if he was injected with Toradol? Uh, You know, I don't know what his medical circumstance is, but it would be common to use something like Toradol. It's not a narcotic. It doesn't mess with his brain. It doesn't numb his senses, but it's good for helping with pain and inflammation. That would be a tool the Raiders medical staff could consider. It's legal. It's 100% appropriate. Um, and uh, that is a uh, possibility. We'll, we'll, we'll see how he does. My guess is he's not going to do much this week, including practice. Uh, he'll be out all week. And then, you know, we'll look forward to the Wednesday uh, injury report in terms of how much he does. My guess is he'll be limited that Wednesday. He'll probably be limited that week and then, uh, uh, you know, get down to the old game-time decision. But, but if I had to say, I think there's a very good chance he plays in two weeks. We've seen the precedents before. Dr. David Chow with Jolo and Dibs on 95.7 The Game. Now, because of the Derek Carr injury, the focus has shifted away from Michael Crabtree and the injury he sustained Sunday night against the Washington Redskins that kept him out of the Denver matchup. You were talking about this leading into the Denver game. Is it possible Crabtree could miss more than one start? You know, it's possible. It all depends on how sore he is. You know, if, if you're talking about, let's say, uh, an isolated uh, rib injury, maybe you can inject that or do something. When you're talking about the chest and so forth, uh, that's, uh, 
you know, a bigger deal. And uh, I think he's got a reasonable chance to play. I don't see this going into months, but it could be another week. But uh, I don't think it's going to be a super long time. Former NFL head team doctor. You can catch him now on Sirius XM and at the San Diego Union Tribune. Follow him on Twitter at ProFootballDoc. It's Dr. David Chow with Joe Lowe and Dibbs on 95.7 The Game. Have a good one, Doc. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks, guys. Okay, well, all that discussion was recorded on Monday. And the latest news today out of Raiders headquarters was that at practice, Carr was out there stretching with the team, and he was actually doing some throwing. Uh, I saw an article that said that they didn't think it was very likely he's going to play this weekend. But it sounds like that's a good sign that he's at least he's out there with the team throwing, and hopefully he'll be ready for the following week. Okay, so we've got the Ravens in Oakland this weekend. The Raiders are favored, even without Carr. Let's hear what the guys had to say about E.J. Manuel and how uh, the Raiders might have to change their offense a little bit to tailor it for him. How much do you have to shave down the playbook for E.J. Manuel, considering he's only been here for a couple months? He's got great skill, Dibs. I mean, you watch him, you see why. He was a 16th overall pick in 2013. In fact, I, I watched him closely warm up last year when the Bills came in. And he threw right after Tyrod Taylor, and Tyrod Taylor can't throw the ball at all. He just kind of, you know, just kind of airs it. Where EJ Manuel drives it. He's big and strong, and you see why he was a first-round draft pick as far as the skill physically. But it is, you know, how much can he handle of the complexity of this offense? Derek really ran the whole deal, and then occasionally because Manuel is a little long with his delivery, he will just spray balls where he'll. Typically, he's on point, but there are times he misses when he's even warming up. And then in the games, when it's all quicker and more condensed and everything's flying around, he will, when he misses, he misses badly. Uh, I think what they'll do is just, you know, I don't know if you'll pare it down. You'll just ask him to run the play more than Derek, who has more latitude at the line of scrimmage to get out of a bad play into a good play. But there was a time yesterday or Sunday, I was talking to Todd Downing before the game, where... The Raiders wanted to go ultra fast against the Broncos, and they told uh, the way Todd described it, it was a, a tempo where it was uh, broken glass. Only break the glass in case of an emergency. So, whatever play was called, Derek, just run it, unless it's a flat out. They got 11 in the box, and we're running to their left. Just get out of it. But otherwise, just run the play. And I think you may see the Raiders do that more with EJ Manuel. When he does see it and he has a clean pocket, he has a strong throwing arm. The question with him has been occasional inaccuracy and not always able to read the field. Pop, how do you get he and Marshawn Lynch in this running game going collectively? How do, what do you do with E.J. Manuel as far as with the running game to, you, to suit his strong points, getting him outside, maybe some boots, some more read? Could you see that happening as well? No, I, I don't think they do that. EJ's not really a runner. He's big and strong. Uh, he's not going to run around and make plays. That's why I think Buffalo made the, the switch going from Manuel to Taylor, is Taylor just could break uh, the pressures better. Uh, I think, Lowell, they gotta they got to be less predictable in the running game. I mean, Marshawn is carrying the ball way more than I ever thought he would. He carried it nine times on Sunday. Richard only had one carry. Washington only one. So I'd like to see them, you know, maybe open the game with one of the young guys and not, not just key in on Marshawn. The opponents, whenever Lynch is in the backfield, they are slamming the box, and they're not worried about him breaking a run anymore. Marshawn does not have breakaway speed, so it's a completely different uh, defensive alignment. It's more condensed, 
and they are just swallowing them up. So I think they got to be more creative, less predictable. I did not like that fourth and one formation with the bunches to the tight end and Johnny Holton by himself. He didn't even have an Amari on the field. I mean, they were they were not playing the pass at all. So I think they just got to vary it, take a few carries away from Marshawn. The biggest thing that we should be happy about, it's a home game. Him playing at home, EJ playing at home, he's going to have the opportunity, not going to have the crowd noise, doesn't have to necessarily get the jitters. It's a great place to be getting a start in the black hole, silver and black. You know the fans are going to be unbelievable in trying to carry him to victory. He's got to win with his eyes. I watched that interception. He, If Amari catches that ball, he's still running. It's a touchdown. You know it, I know it. He stared it down. Safety was able to go. If he can win, and like you're talking about, when he goes downfield, sometimes he wants to be perfect with the ball, and he'll stare down the guy. If he would have just backed up the same way and just stared to the center of the field and looked over to the right, the safety would have drifted. Everything That would have been a touchdown. We would not be having this conversation. He needs to win with his eyes. I'm telling you, that was a touchdown. Go watch the play. Pop, I know you like watching. You're exactly right. I know what you're saying. Here's another thing he's got to do. We need – this is a place where the tight end is going to be your number one target. He is a comfort – he's a – he's like, let's just put a nice warm blanket around E.J. Manuel knowing <laughs> that Jared Cook is going to be there. Because Jared Cook, if there were some better balls thrown, he could have had 10, 12 catches in that football game. Yeah, Derek, mean, Derek missed him a couple times. He did. Derek missed him a couple times. EJ missed him a couple times. But then he, and had he also a couple dropped catches. a couple. Yeah. All right, let's switch the topic over to the Raiders' running game. How come Lynch hasn't looked so great in the last couple of games? I know the Broncos were a tougher team. Washington was a lot tougher than we expected. Let's see what the guys on 95.7 think about that. When it all started, I remember when, you know, Marshawn signed right before the draft. What I wanted was 10, 10, and 10. Lynch gets 10. Washington gets 10. Richard gets 10. Now, all of a sudden, you know, Marshawn's getting three-quarters of the carries. I think they got to use the young guys more. Marshawn Lynch, uh, when he comes in the game uh, low, I mean, it's just an all-out. You can just see them. They are, they are bringing one safety down, sometimes two. They are loading the box. They are not worrying about his speed, popping a run, because he's not going to beat you all. He doesn't have breakaway speed anymore. They're worried about if he's going to break tackles, he's going to have to break six tackles within two yards of the line of scrimmage, and we're going to slam him. So when you know, and you guys were critical of, uh, of Murray, and we thought getting Lynch here behind this big offensive line and the interior of the line, you know, power. Why is it not working when Marshawn Lynch is running behind Kalechi Assembly, Rodney Hudson, and Gabe Jackson? If you're not throwing the football very well, and there's no threat of a throwing game, which we ought to at least have that with the dynamic offense, agree. offensive receivers we have. If you don't have that, Forget about it. You're not going to be able to run the football because they're just going to and, and with this set of defensive backs that Denver has, you know, we're just say we'll just sit in the eight man front and beat us in the pass. You can't run the football against us, so you better do something creative against us because well, you don't have an answer. Well, I think everyone agrees with the Raiders being too predictable. And we're also seeing the receivers dropping the passes way too often. Speaking of dropping passes, let's see what everyone's saying about Amari Cooper. 
I hate to say this about Amari Cooper, but his balls got to drop. Let's be they, real. They here. are, Bill. He dropped seven. <laughs> <laughs> He's leading the league in drops. I oh, mean, you said twice. You made oh, guys, his balls. The, the, this is a guy that's got it all. I mean, he's got speed. He's got, and he is, it's like he's not there mentally. It's like, okay, they got to drop. He's you sheepish. Gotta, That's the word. Yes. When I first met him, he's just one of those guys that, you, you know, would you rather have him be the way he is or the way Antonio Brown Give me is? Antonio Brown. I want throw, Antonio throw Brown. Him, throw him the Gatorade All day, day, every Brown. day. I think Amari Cooper has a skill set that's equal to him. Absolutely. I've never seen a wide receiver come to the NFL as polished as Amari, so I don't. I don't know. Is it? Is it just? You say sheepish. I'm thinking of another S word. Well, I, <laughs> I'm thinking of soft. I'm thinking of soft. He's well, got to show I, up. I'm with talking Dole more, more of his He's personality. Soft. I'm talking his personality. Soft. If Amari walked in the room, he wouldn't say boo. Might. Yeah. 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 Crabtree Crab Crab wouldn't, wouldn't even either, know he's different. Amari's just. That's okay. Yeah. You don't have to be a you know a you, don't, you don't have to be a talker. Right. You have to play loud. Right, you got to be. Yeah. Play tough. It just it's in him. I mean, it's in him to be a dominant player. I, I he's just. Ladanian was a hum, one of the humble. You, he's one of the humblest guys you could see. You see this guy's not confrontational. You know, soft, but you get him on the field and just. But, there, but there's an intensity and a fear deep inside. You know who would make be yeah. good for him to hang around? It would be Steph Curry, because yeah. you know you know Steve Kerr puts it the best with Curry. He's he's great humility off the court, but then a huge ego on the court. And I just he needs to play with more of an ego on the field. I don't know. I mean, you were all, you know, worried about the diva wide receivers and, you know, OBJ's, you know, pissing on a fire hydrant in the end zone after he scores. <laughs> and, you know, you have so many look at me, look at me, yeah. look at me guys. And, but Amari's as skilled as any of those guys. But you know what, Craig? Look at who you go up against on DBs. They're badass. They are bad. In the NFL, Josh Norman the, is those, incredible. Those guys have to have a confidence about them, like, because they're going up against. You know, some of the best. That's that's why I think the Raiders brought in. They got to have that. I think that's why they brought in Megatron this year. Calvin John, remember he came in the OTAs? Who could bring it out in him? You know, going into this season, everyone was expecting a lot from the Raiders' offense. It was the defense we were worried about. But actually, the defense has been a pleasant surprise. The last couple of games, they've kept us in the game. Let's see what Greg Papa and those guys say about the defense. They talk a little bit about the defense, and then they kind of go into an overall state of the Raiders discussion. Let's hear it. We have not talked about the defense. You hold the Denver Broncos to 16 points. You're supposed to win. You're supposed to win a football game. Without Emerson or Gary and Colleen in the secondary. Exactly. They're getting creative on that. They they, they used a defense where they had seven defensive backs. They had four safeties on the field. So, and as you say, you're losing Conley, you're losing, arguably, your two best corners don't yeah. play. They found a way to piece it together. So, the defense is doing well. You know, after the first two weeks, we're saying this team does not have an offensive weakness. Now, your weakness is your strength, starting with your offensive line and the quarterback. Before he got hurt, he just wasn't playing well. Yeah. So, we're, you know, we'll talk about the loss of Derek and how they overcome that. But the totality of the football team right now, where where are the Raiders at, Roma? Well... You know, you, you look at the Raiders, and offensively and defensively, this team is dictated, and we take on the energy of Derek Carr. And Derek Carr has had two 
back-to-back really poor football games where he's throwing the football. I'm like, what is he doing here? It's like he's lost his – it's like a golfer who has lost his confidence in swing. It's like a, a baseball player gets up and you're like, he just can't hit the ball. He can't see it. He's got the yips. He Yeah. You know, Derek is not seeing it right now, and I don't know what that is. And we talked a little bit earlier about, is Marshawn got something to play in this? But there's something going on. There's something wrong with the team right now. When you look at who they play, Tennessee Titans, a team that's on the come, we get it, but they don't have a great offense. They can run the ball. They don't scare you offensively. I mean, you look at them defensive, they're just okay. And then you played against the Jets. So were we buying into the hype? Um, I think, is this a good team? Absolutely. On paper, this is is embarrassing. On paper, you got to look at your team and say to score seven points against the Washington Redskins and seven points against Denver just offensively is unacceptable. And one of the big play against Denver was a 65-yard bomb. So I haven't seen consistency. So when you look at it, and you talk about the offensive line, the inconsistency. Where's the play action? Alawale's healthy now. Why aren't you running power, fullback in the flat, tight end? Because when you're running that, the linebacker and stuff sucks up. The tight end can slip down the field. You get trade blocks, deuce blocks. You get t- double teams on certain plays. you got to start doing it. I know we want to be physical and be man-on-man, but sometimes you got to run to the bubble side, put two offensive lines on a guy, create that space, come off with play action, do certain things. I just don't see this offense – the no way- creativity. Yeah, it's where is the creativity? Right, and, and everything you're talking about, as far as the uh, the uh, deuce blocks, the duo blocks, the double teams, the Redskins just took them away. They just slammed it. They they attacked the Raider double team before you could get onto them. So I think you're, I think what the Raiders thought were a little bit is we're bigger and badder asses than all you guys, and we're just gonna plow right through you. And these are other strong men that know what they're doing, and if they come up with a scheme. Take to fight back, it's going to not go well. All right, we might have some breaking news. I'm, as I'm sitting here putting this podcast together, it's about 2.30 Friday afternoon Pacific time, and I just saw a little news thing pop up on my phone from Ian Rappaport, and the title of the thing says, it's not that crazy for Carr to start on Sunday versus the Ravens. I'll play the. I'll just hold a little clip up to my microphone with my phone and play it to you guys. This is a real thing. Could he actually play in this game? It's crazy. It's not that that crazy. The reason we say this: Derek Carr is officially listed as questionable with a broken back. It was something that Jack Del Rio said would be two to six weeks. At this point, it's looking very good for him to be back next week. Described to me as a chance to play this week. I know he wants to play very badly. Okay, so it sounds like Carr is lobbying to play this Sunday. We'll just have to wait and see what happens. But in the meantime, let's hear from the bone line. If you want to get on our next show, call in 1-800-620-7181. Better yet. Let's let Raider Greg tell you all about the bone line. Okay, Raider fans, here we go. The bone line. 1-800-620-7181. Bad to the bone. Bad to the 
All right, who's our first caller? Well, it's the Raider Junkie from Whittier, California. What have you got to say, Junkie? What's up, Raider Greg, Raider Randy? This is the Raider Junkie here with my son. Raider D-Money. We're freaking pissed. Two games in a row we lost. We laid an egg on primetime Sunday night. Against Washington? That's why we need to go into this game three and one. I looked at the schedule, Raider Great, and I said the first four days and we're three and one, we'd be okay. Two and two is not a good sign. Yeah, now Denver's three and one and Kansas City's three and zero going into tomorrow against Washington. Exactly. And then next week so either way the Raiders are in third place. No matter what. But next week, we're going to have another tough game. So, but at least we're at home. You'll be there cheering us on. But, hey, I am freaking pissed. What's up with the offense? Ten points in two games. The defense cannot control the whole game. The offense needs to keep the defense off the field. Defense can only be on for so long, man. Come on, man. 24 yards today? Give me a break. Marshall Lynch, one of the best, one of the most expensive offensive lines in the league, and you only get, like, 24, 26 yards rushing the whole game? The whole game. The offensive line, I, I don't know what's going on from the last game, and I don't want to go into that conspiracy crap about last week, how Kari was the only one standing, everybody else taking a knee, blah, blah, blah. That's gone. Let's win some W's, man. Come on, Raiders. We need to straighten out the ship and start steering the right way because right now we're playing like crap, bro. The defense was the main thing that I was concerned about this year, coming into this year. But all of a sudden, the offense is not doing their potential. Even though Crabtree was out, we should. Yeah, Crabtree. Yeah, Crabtree not being there hurt. But come on, great or great, we need we need to perform a lot better. So, you know what? Let's see what happens next week. The Raiders jumping is pissed. It's pissed, and you know me. All right? So, hey, I'm sorry I missed you at the Jets game, me and Daniel, but we were there. You know what? That was a great game, bro. But right now, I'm not concerned about that game. I wish we could play like that all the time. But, hey. Oh, wait, what about the coaching staff and that, and that uh, fake field goal? Or fake oh, line? yeah. Fourth and eleven. What? Why do you take yards for a first down? You expect Marquez team to run. And not just that. Why are you taking points off the board on the road? I think Tabakio could have got it. Fifty-three yards. Fifty-three. He hit fifty-two. No problem with with extra. But hey, Raider Great. You know what? I'm not a coaching staff, and neither uh, any one of us is. But I don't know what Jack Del Rio was thinking on that, but I just think he did, did a bad coaching move right there. Yeah. So with that said, until next week, let's hope the Raiders can rebound and, you know, get this shit back on the road. So until then, Raider Junkie, Money Raider D, we're out. Well, you made some good points, Junkie. You sound a little disappointed. We're all disappointed, but... You know, keep in mind, like they say, 
everyone tends to overreact when the team's winning. You know, you think the team is probably better than they really are. And we might be overreacting to these losses if they can turn it around. I also agreed with the fake punt. That was crazy. You know, you don't make that. You put the other team right there in scoring position if you don't make it, which is what happened. We were lucky, though. They didn't score. They missed the field goal. Dodged a bullet there. But we definitely need to beat the Ravens on Sunday. We lose that game. We're 2-3. and three. Then we got Kansas City after that. No, we don't want to be in that position. All right, who's our next caller? Raider Tony, the Northwest Raider. Raider Greg, Raider Nation. This is Raider Tony, the Northwest Raider. Just uh, really pissed off about the game right now. Um, we actually played shitty and still almost pulled it off the win. But some really big things of concern by the offense. Really, under Derek Carr, continues to struggle. Uh, more of what we saw last week, you know, in terms of problems, uh, we saw again this week um, in terms of the offense, just being consistent and moving the ball, play calling. Um, you know, I, I'm not sure what's going on. But, you know, it's now two games in a row where we saw that things started to get a little better towards the end of this game against the Broncos. And it wasn't all bad. Um, I mean, we still almost pulled out a win playing as poorly as we did. So it was, it was at the end of the day, it ended up being a good game. But still, a loss is a loss. And really, you know, the slow starts, you know, the whole first half, I mean, it was bad. And Derek Carr's injury is of concern. Uh, hopefully he's able to play next week. We'll see what happened to his back because it was a back injury. You know, Crabtree did not play. Hopefully he's back next week. But, you know, we're in a funk. And it's a long season, and you're going to get those in the season. But, you know, I just would like to see us nip this in the butt and move past it. Because it's now, you know, we're going on week five coming up. And, uh, you know, we can't be losing these divisional games. You know, these teams like the Broncos and the Chiefs, the divisional games are so important. And at the end of the year, they're the ones that really make or break you in terms of positioning and playoffs and all that. So, you know, really just getting our, our act together. Um, I don't know what the deal is with the offense. The defense is actually looking better than the offense. The defense started off a little slow against the Broncos, but at the end of the day, they pretty much contained the Broncos and held them to 16 points, which should be more than enough to win the game. In fact, easily is enough to win the game. Um, really, they they did the same thing with the Redskins. I mean, we got beat pretty bad, but they held the Redskins at 27 points that should have been enough to win that game, too, considering our high-powered offense. So the problems with the offensive side of the ball are really of concern to me. Uh, you know, there's just lack of creativity on the play calling. Uh, you know, Marshawn is a great decoy. When Marshawn is in there, teams stack the line 
with eight or nine guys sometimes, and they play the run. So why are we utilizing more play-action type of plays and plays that utilize Marshawn? You know, he is probably the best decoy on our team, him and Patterson back there, you know. So when, 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 when he's in there, you know, get a little creative. And other than the flea flicker against the Jets, I haven't seen any creativity on the play calling. It's been very vanilla. Um, and I don't know. I mean, actually, it's making the Bill Musgrave play calling look better. I never thought I'd say that. So, you know, whatever's going on, I know that we've got a new coordinator. You know, maybe he's just, just growing pains. Um, I hope he gets his act together, though because the Raider Nation expected a better season this year than we had last year, or at least something equal to that. We definitely have the team and the talent for that. Um, now the play calling just needed to match it. And I was, like I said, just very disappointed in the offensive coordinator and the play calling in the past two games. Um, somebody step in and help them because, you know, the offense is looking, you know, not as good as the defense, and I just, would have never imagined that before the season started. Anyway, that's it. I guess on to the next game. Um, fuck the Broncos. I can't stand them. You know, pardon my language, but forget the Broncos. And uh, I guess move on to the next game. They, they, you know, they're going to be talking. They got their lucky little win. See you guys in Oakland. Yeah, Tony, we did almost pull that game out in Denver. I couldn't believe it when we still had a shot at the end. I was looking in the stands and I saw a lot of nervous-looking Broncos fans. You know, they were feeling the way we've felt the last few years when when the Raiders were ahead and you see the other team coming back on that last drive. Too many times we saw them end up taking the game away from us. And I know those fans would have hated it if that had happened last Sunday. I would have loved it. We all would have loved it. And you're right, you know, they need more creativity. Play action would help. And the growing pains you mentioned, I think we are going through some growing pains still. You know, you're not going to go from being at the bottom of the, the NFL standings to being at the top of the NFL standings all in one jump. You know, you're going to hit that point in the middle where you, you're going to win, win a game, lose a game, win two games, lose a game, whatever. Maybe that's where we are right now. Um, I don't know. We've got a ways to go before we're one of the elite teams, I think. But I don't know. Anything could happen. Let's see now, who's our next caller? It's Raider Jim from the East Coast. What do you got to say, Jim? Raider Greg, Raider Randy. This is Raider Jim. Calling from the East Coast, man. Two weeks in a row now. Oh, man. I'm not too excited about what I saw on the field today. As a matter of fact, it brought back some really bad memories of Raider teams that just, man, look like they just didn't come to play. And, um, you know, I'm out here on the East Coast where uh, Raider games are not always televised, obviously, and, and we've got two weeks in a row with two nationally televised games and everybody that I know knows that I'm a Raider fan, and they're all asking me, what's up with the Raiders? And I don't know what to tell them. 
You know, I'm looking at the team. I mean, even even Derek uh, before he got hurt just looked uh, confused again. And um, I'm thinking, you know, has everybody figured out what they're doing already? Is it was it that easy for defenses to scout the Raiders, watch film? Is that all they've got? They have no wrinkles. They have nothing. I mean, was was the Jets? Was it was that the only team that we were gonna? you know, run some creative plays on and, and be able to gain huge yardage. And, you know, and I, and I appreciate the bomb, the uh, 64-yard bomb to, to Holton. I appreciate that. But, you know, that was just kind of like a an anomaly in the game. Um, that's not how they were playing. They weren't playing well. They weren't executing on offense. Car goes down. EJ comes in. And actually, EJ Manuel uh, did a very good job. You know, he... He was he was productive. He led the team down the field, and you know what have what have and could have. I mean, you know, but but Cook dropping the ball in the end zone, and he probably would have taken a shot, but it was catchable. That would have obviously put us within field goal range of winning. And then of course the last drive, you know, he gave uh, he gave Amari a, a chance to jump ball, but uh, the the Bronco just had position on him, so. Anyway, you know that. You saw the game. I'm just commiserating, man. You know, I'm I'm not gonna be one of those people that, that doesn't listen to your podcast when the Raiders lose. So I hope you keep you keep putting it up there even if the Raiders end up, you know, having a bad season when we all thought it was gonna be a a great season. And I'm not ready to throw in the towel yet, but dude, man, I'm telling you, if I don't see something different on the field, you know, it's it's for effort. Um, I might be ready to throw in the towel. I'll still watch them. I'll still follow them. I always have, you know, 40, 40 plus years. But uh, last thing I'll say is uh, although the defense still gave up a few big plays, uh, they showed some heart. Uh, a couple sacks, uh, Khalil getting a couple sacks. I thought that play overturned on the fumble. That shouldn't have been overturned. But uh, so I take a little bit of hope about the defense. Mario Edwards Jr. looked pretty good. So, anyway, brother, thank you for your podcast. Uh, We're going to keep listening for you. We're going to keep following the Raiders. We never give up. And, hey, who knows what will happen. But the good news is there are greater things in life, greater joys, and greater blessings. But would love to see the Raiders win. Thank you, brother. God bless you. God bless the Raider Nation. Well, thanks, Jim. Thanks for the nice things you said about the podcast. You know, if you've stuck by the Raiders these last 10 years, there's no sense in bailing out on them now. Um, Yeah, you're right. It's embarrassing when the Raiders lose a nationally televised game. Real embarrassing. Um, But we do have, I think, four more of them. So we can turn it around, um, improve our image in the eyes of all the other fans of all the other teams either that or if it goes the other way we'll end up the laughing stock again nobody wants to see that happen all right who's our next caller oh it's the arkansan raider that's where my mother's family came from her father was born there uh, grandfather great-grandfather got a bunch of relatives in arkansas Hey, you know, the Crusader Raider Keith Smith and his wife Sarah came to visit us here in Louisiana over the summer. 
and we took a drive with them up north, and we were talking about all the states he had traveled through, and Arkansas came up. And he was asking me, he says, why do they pronounce it Arkansas? He said, other than the A-R in the beginning of the word, the rest of the name is spelled exactly like the state of Kansas. So he said, I think it should be pronounced Arkansas. Kind of made sense. Either that or they ought to pronounce Kansas, Kansas. What do you think? This is Arkansas Raider. Sorry, man. I can't even get up the oomph to give a shout about it this time. I'm just kind of hacked off. You know, this this offensive line, first off, got to be like the highest highest paid offensive line in the NFL, right? They sure aren't playing like it. So there's only a few things that are going on. Okay, either they're highly overpaid from the get-go, from scratch, or they're highly distracted, which means they're not playing up to snuff, which means they're getting paid too much. If you, get, if, you, if you keep getting distracted from doing your, your A game, obviously you're getting paid too much. Or they're just having a bad couple of games. Or maybe we just happen to run into a couple of all-pro freaking Madden-esque level freaking defense. Man, you know, I, I, I'm fed up. They went and got car injured, which really hacked me off. And I'm sure I am not alone. I'm thinking rather than getting your mind on all this stuff outside of the game, and I, it, I I don't care if you're for Trump or against Trump. I don't care if you're kneeling, standing, whatever. Whatever you did, it distracted you from the dang game. Who, who was it, Herm Edwards? You played to win the game, right? Right? Obviously, they got a problem because they got our boy Derek Carr hurt. And I felt bad for, for EJ Manuel. I felt really, really bad for him. He did tremendously well for just getting thrown in there, all right? Just about won that game. Were it not for a few drops, <clears throat> Jared Cook, speaking of getting highly paid, you, you guys, uh, okay, that's it. I'm out. See ya. Well, you mentioned the offensive line. Yeah, they haven't looked very good the last few games. But I saw an interesting article it said, according to Pro Football Focus, if you look at the statistics of all four of their games, the Raiders are still ranked number one in all of the NFL in pass protection. If you take away the four sacks the Redskins had against Carr, he's only been sacked one other time all year. And it says uh, the other teams have had 19 quarterback pressures which is the lowest in all of the NFL. So, I don't know. Yeah, I felt sorry for E.J. Manuel, too. You know, he did play well, especially coming into the game, you know, at the time that he did. And, yeah, the drops, you know, we're not going to win if they keep dropping balls like that, that's for sure. We're going to end up, you know, not only fail to make the playoffs, I'll be surprised if we make 500 if we keep playing like that. Okay, who's next? We've got Raider Base. Hey, Raider Craig. This is Raider Base calling out of Ontario, California. 
E.J. Manuel drops back. Oh, he has a nice clean pocket. He throws the ball, and who does he throw it to? Stone Hands Cooper. Yes, I said it. Stone Hands Cooper. Oh, Amari, 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 you're killing me. I mean, this guy, I mean, E.J. Manuel came in the game, was driving down the field. He was looking at Clark Kent out there like, wow, you know, you know, five yards here, ten yards there, you know. And uh, he threw a jump ball to Amari Cooper. I mean, I understand, you know, trying to get the kid's confidence back up. But this guy's hands have been so cold. Oh, what can I say? I mean, I think we have a problem here. I think, I think, I think our offense is weak, Ritter Craig. I mean, Marshawn Lynch looked like hot garbage. Yes, I said garbage. I mean, there hasn't been one game. It was last game, he got cracked, and they took him out of the game. And this game, I, I see he's really ineffective. I mean, he wants to try to stiff arm and trunk everybody. Sometimes you just got to put your foot down and, and run through the hole. You see Richard and, and, and Washington, whenever they come in, at least they're getting three, four yards. I mean, Lynch, you know, he's uh, trying to stutter at the line, do that patient thing. But you know what? It's not working. And I don't know if it's him or, or the plays being called, but I see a lot of the plays out of the shotgun and draw, out of the shotgun draw, you know. And those plays, you know, I shouldn't be able to predict the plays on offense. I am not a coach. I mean, I never taught football, but I should not be able to predict the plays on offense, and that's exactly what's going, what's happening with Marshawn Lynch on the field. So, uh, I don't know how I feel about that. I think we're weak on offense. Uh, when I say I, we're weak, I'm talking about, I think our receivers are, they're not the type that talk smack. They're, uh, we know Cooper and Crab. they're really quiet guys. They work at their stuff, but they're not the, they're, they're, they're not the dogs, you know? They're, they're no Odell's, they're no, you know, whoever you want to throw out there, that's the top dog in the league. You know, I, I want to see it from them. I want to see them, you know, get up and get that ball, you know. don't. I, I see after the plays, you know, Cooper's dropping the balls and the DBs are up in his face talking smack to him and he's just, you know, his head down and walking to the sideline. Like, no, nah, dude, get mad, you know, do something, man. Like, you know, not physically fight somebody, but, you know, at least, you know, burn this guy. I mean, you have a route running ability to do it. It's just, you're not doing it, you know? And Derek Carr, dude, you got meat in the back. You went out. I mean, come on, drink some milk, eat some beans or something. Come on, dude. I mean, uh, this is a game we, we could have had. Um, it was very close at the end. Khalil Mack by himself kept us in this game. I mean, I cannot say enough good things about that guy. Uh, you're going up against Mendelik Watson, and then uh, when Watson went down, no, what a surprise. Um, the backup came in, and Khalil went straight through that guy. So, uh, two and two, it's not time to you know push the panic button, but uh, I hope 
these guys can get their stuff together. All right? All right, cool. Thank you guys for your time. God bless. Stay positive. Much love. I'm out. Oh, Raider Base, don't even say hands of stone when you're talking about Cooper. We don't need another player with a nickname like hands of stone. Hopefully he stops dropping balls so nobody starts throwing nicknames on him like that. Yeah, he needs to be more like Antonio Brown. You were mentioning the same thing that Greg Papa and Bill Romanowski, Lorenzo Neal were saying, you know, how he's a little bit too passive in his personality. I don't know about your comment about Carr uh, having brittle bones, maybe. I think that's what you were insinuating, saying he needs to eat more beans. Now, I've heard of milk and calcium building strong bones, but I don't know. Beans? <laughs> anyway, who's our next caller? Uh, we got Raider Dan from KC. I know he hates the Chiefs, so the Raiders better turn things around in the next two weeks or Raider Dan's not going to be happy. Raider Greg, Raider Randy, this is Raider Dan from KC. You know, when I made this call, my whole intentions was to uh, rip in Amari Cooper and how he played. And I feel like he played soft and timid. Uh, EJ Manning played well. Uh, Jared Cook looked scared of the ball. But after turning on the television and watching the tragedy in Vegas, my heart's heavy. Uh, I just want to, as a Raider fan, as a Christian, I want to give a, a prayer and a blessing out to the people of Las Vegas. Uh, Raider fan, non-Raider fan, my heart is with you. Uh, it's bigger than football. And I know I probably should be talking about football, but my heart's heavy. Go Raiders. Yeah, Raider Dan, uh, all of our hearts are heavy for the victims in Las Vegas. Uh, I didn't mention it before. I was kind of leaving that for Raider Greg to mention when he gets back, because he and his wife Charmaine were in Las Vegas right before that happened for several days. Um you know, if they had had that concert a couple days earlier, I'll bet you anything they would have gone to it. So I'm sure he'll have a lot of comments about that. Uh, thanks for mentioning it. Who do we have next? We've got the Pomona Raider. What do you got, Pomona? What's up, Raider Nation? This is uh, the Pomona Raider. Uh, I gave it a day because if I would have called yesterday, well, I've been pretty pissed off. But, uh, you know, like I had to tell my, my uncle, the godfather, the one that got me in it, um, you know, just to relax. You know, that's franchise right there. He's a little pissed off at Carr. Um, but they played a different defense than, than they played against um, E.J. Manuel. You know, they really played more of a zone with Manuel after he kind of started torching them deep. Uh, they're they're pretty much sitting on our routes. They they're trying to figure Todd Downing out, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna call him out completely. I think he needs to get more creative. But they they figured us out last week with the Redskins, and they they use the same game plan against us today or yesterday against the Broncos. Um, they're sitting on our five and six yard routes, so no dinking and dunking. So screw it, let's go deep, like they did with uh with um what's his name uh, Johnny Holton. I called that 
like literally three plays before, I called it for Amari Cooper, which I'll talk about in a minute. But I said, we got to go deep with Amari Cooper if they want to sit on those routes. Double moves. And then three plays there, boom, Johnny Holton. Uh, speaking about Amari Cooper, if we're going to call for Sean Smith to get benched, then it's time to start benching freaking Amari Cooper. Nine drops, or is it seven or eight drops out of 17 catchable balls? That's unacceptable. Unacceptable. I'm tired. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to refrain from cussing right now. I'm tired of that stuff, man. You know, let's bench his ass, and, uh, you know, I, I don't know what to say. Uh, hopefully, Carr comes back, and we can make some noise. So that's where I'm at with the game. We were in in the end. Manuel was moving the ball. We could have we could have went there. Amari uh, Cooper, going back on him real quick, that's the second game in a row where he jumps up for a freaking, for a 50-50 ball, and he waits for the other guy to jump in front of him. No aggression. No, we've seen it before when he's got up there and climbed the ladder and, and picked the ball up. But when the guy's coming, he feels, you know, footsteps are coming. He gets a little shy and not aggressive. And I don't know what his problem is, man. And the, the, my last point, you know, so I get, get off this. My last point is Marquez King. Sit his ass down, too. I know he's a damn good punter. I know he, he pins it within the five-yard line. Calling a fake punt. I mean, that's what everybody's saying that he called. He made that adjustment. And then we don't get nowhere, and he throws a ball and gets a 15-yard penalty. How many 15-yard penalties has this guy got us, you know, in his career over the last, what, three years, two years? He got us, what, about three of them last year. And Jack DeRose told him something about it. Hey, you know, knock that shit off. And then he goes and does it again this game. And after a bogus uh, fake punt, and, you know, we lose yards, give him the ball back on the 35-yard 30, the line, he gets us a 15-yard penalty? Come on, man. And then when he gets a good pump, he, good pump, he goes in and we're down. Was it uh, probably 10 or 0? I can't remember what the score was. We're down, and he goes and he rides the horse. Like, oh, I got a good punt. Quit showboating. Do what your job is and go to the sideline. When we start winning, then you start showboating. It was all fine and dandy. We weren't winning, but when we're losing, man, you're showboating and we're losing, bro. That's all I got to say, Raider Greg. Shout out to Raider Greg, Raider Randy. Shout out to my kids. My wife was still by me yesterday when I was getting mad, and she was right there with me when we're about to win it. You know, it didn't turn out that way. But uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. This riverboat, um, Del Rio stuff was good last year when we winning, but obviously when we're down points, you know, it's not that not that good. We're giving them the ball at the 50-yard line. So, all right, Raider Greg, man. Uh, have a good rest of the week. I I think we play the Ravens on Sunday. I'm not sure. I haven't even looked yet. So, all right, guys. Later. We're dropping the balls, but I don't agree with benching him. I'm sure he it probably frustrates him more than everybody that he's dropping those balls. He's doing everything he can. Uh, I think he'll get over it. Um, Marquette King. Yeah. I don't agree with, with the showboating either, but um, he is a good weapon of ours. You know, Al Davis believed in that the punter being a weapon so much that he, he drafted Ray Guy in the first round. I'm sure he would love King if he was still around. And uh, I just wanted to give best wishes out to your family. I know they're fighting health problems. And, yeah, that'd be great if you can come by the tailgate and see Greg, uh, when, I know you guys are coming out to the Cowboys game, last home game of the season. I'm not going to be able to make that game myself. I wish I could, but yeah, stop by the tailgate party and see Greg. We, 
We've got directions how to get to the tailgate. If anybody doesn't know how to find it, just go to our website, you know, RaiderNationPodcast.com. Click on our forum up in the upper right-hand corner, and there's a section inside the forum that shows uh, a map how to get to the tailgate party and has lots of other details about it. All right, let's see who's next. Oh, we got Raider Frank. We see him at the tailgate party all the time. Wish I could see you more often, Frank. I'll be out there for uh, the Giants game and the Broncos game, so I'll see you then. What's up, Frank? Raider Greg and Randy, how's it going? This is Raider Frank. Anyway, another loss with two and two. And it doesn't look good with Derek Carr's injury. Hopefully he can, uh, it was nothing serious, but I think there's a lot of other issues. We have a $40 million offensive line that can't run block and can't pass protect. These guys look good early on, but now all of a sudden it looks like teams are just letting up, going head to head. I mean, nothing fancy. Washington rushed for most of the game and were able to get through. Denver didn't do anything really that I saw that was, you know, so difficult to block. They just dared them to do what they were going to do and basically stopped us. They couldn't catch. They couldn't run. The offensive stats are horrific. So what's going on with these guys? I mean... It looks like Marshawn Lynch is not going to be the guy that we thought he was going to be. It looks like we could use another running back that's going to be in there pounding the ball because Jalen Richard and Washington aren't really going to be the full-time guys. We need a running back that's going to be pounding the ball through the, through the line, but it doesn't look like Marshawn Lynch either doesn't want to do it He's happy to stay on the sidelines watching or they don't want to use him on the probability he might get hurt. But something's going to happen, going to need to happen there, and, and hopefully we can fix, fix it. As far as wide receivers goes, Amari Cooper, is it time to maybe think about letting him go or trading him? I, I don't think Reggie's going to want to let him go, but maybe trading him and getting something for him for him because he can't catch the ball. He's going to be a $7 million hit on the cap next year. And then we have a fifth-year option on him. And is this a a guy we really want to sign to keep when he can't catch the ball? This is getting hard to explain. You know, supposedly we have this great team, but they're just not doing it. And Downing's play calls don't seem to be, you know, as creative as we thought maybe that they were going to be. Uh, their car doesn't seem to be able to feel right in the pocket. I don't know if he's still skittish over his injury from last year, but now he got hurt again. And so who knows? I don't know. You know, who knows what's going on? This is hard to explain. I'm looking at these games thinking, what the heck is going on? What happened to this team? Why did it change all of a sudden? And, I, you know, I can't think of anything other than the fact that they're not playing the way they should be playing, that they're dropping balls without 
you know, Crabtree in there. We had nobody that could really catch. We had one decent play to Holton on a touchdown. But even still, we're I think we're kind of close because, you know, we still had a chance to win there at the end. You know, if he catches that ball in the end zone, we're there. We're not far away. We just need some pieces, some linebacker help, some defensive back help, you know, and maybe now offensive line. Raider Greg, I know you're frustrated. We all are. Raider Frank out. It's good to hear your voice, Frank. You made some good points, but I only have one thing to say. I was looking at my fantasy football schedule and I'm playing your team in week 12. And I'm going to have to take you down, Frank. The ghost must fall in week 12 if I want to make the playoffs. Good luck. See who's next. We've got Jersey Boy Raider. What's up, Jersey Boy? Raider Greg, Raider Randy, Raider Nation. This is Jersey Boy Raider. There's got to be a morning after. <laughs> I don't have the best singing voice, but this morning after is is tougher than last week's morning. Last week's Monday morning, I was at the Redskins game. My father and I took the, the drive down. I'll just talk about that real quick. But I got to tell you, first and foremost, Raider Nation representing. It was amazing. DC Metro, everybody there. Great, great time as always. We walked into that stadium that night, FedEx, with the Raider chants in the parking lot, the Raider chants going into the stadium. We walked in there like we owned it. Well, because, quite frankly, the way the Raiders were looking and playing in the direction I think most of us thought we were going into, we had every reason to pump our chests. And walking into that game, I didn't think there was a chance that we'd lose. And we really shouldn't have. We obviously did not show up. And... It was embarrassing. I hate to say it as a Raider fan, I love the Raiders, but it was embarrassing. But I think the better word is disappointment. As a father, you know, I have a son or many of you have, have children, and you say, I'm really disappointed in you, to your son or daughter maybe, because you know they're better than that and they do something. And that's exactly how I feel with this football team. It's complete disappointment because I know we're better than this. We have to be better than what we're showing right now. Something is not right, and I'm not going to put it all on Carr, which I'm hearing a lot of people doing. It's not on him. It's a team effort, and it's not. It's the coaching. It's everyone. It's the game plan, schemes, everything. But something is not right with this football team right now, and they got to get it corrected real, real soon. Hopefully, Carr is okay. I think he will be, and it starts next week. We got two very winnable games coming up. The Raiders go four and two before the Chiefs. Let's see what happens. I'm not hitting the panic button right now, but I am very concerned. Moving on to Denver real quick. So going into the game, wasn't exactly feeling that great about it because of the performance against the Redskins, but I wanted to see that fight again. I wanted to see Carr and company. I wanted to see the running game get back to what it does best. I have to say the defense did keep us in it. They showed up. But what more can you really ask from our defense? That's about the best you're going to get, and I'm okay with that. 16 points in mile high. If you told me 16 points in mile high before the game started, I think we're going to win that football game easily. That offense, I'm thinking at least 28, 30 points average a week. 
We're not seeing anything like that in the last couple of weeks. A lot of it has to fall as well on Cooper. Talk about disappointment. He's got to be better than this. I don't know what's going on, but that last pass, I got to give a little credit here to Manuel. I thought he came in and did a decent job. He really did. Uh, I couldn't expect much more from the guy coming in like that off the bench, and I think he did a nice job in a hostile environment. So kudos to him. The last pass, yes, it was a little underthrown. It was a, it kind of floated out there. But Cooper, I've said it before on your show, right, Greg, if you remember, and I yelled it. Cooper, I want to see you fight for the ball. Okay, get, you know, at that point, I, I know the safety's coming over, throwing a double coverage, but he's behind the receiver once again. Or he's trying to make the play and get, and get the, you know, the, the ball to deflect out in the last minute there. It's not enough. There's just something not there. It's got to change for him soon because if we don't have Cooper, you can't rely just on Crabtree. Hey, maybe put Holton out there more. Hell of a catch. And here's the problem. If Carr's not on, we've seen this in the past, or not playing, this team doesn't run because you cannot rely on the running game all of a sudden. The running game is not there. If you can't rely on the running game, what do you do? It's too much, and the defense can only do so much. Okay, so like I said, I'm not panicking, but things have to change. And I think it starts from the top. I think it starts with coaching, game plans, and, and let's just see where we can go from there. O-line. Oh, uh, everything. Everything. I, I'm, uh, you know, I know I said a lot, but it's, I'm, I'm also really at a loss right now with what's going on with the team. But um, a very winnable game. Let's start next week to pick it back up and get back on track. It's just hard because, hey, we love our Raiders. We're expecting so much more than this. But it takes one game to get it back, guys. One big, impressive, strong win, and then probably two against the Chargers. And let's get it back. All right? So, Raider Greg, again, thank you for everything that you do. It's a tough couple of weeks, guys. Let's, let's keep our chins up and, you know, just hope Carr is okay. And let's get this team back on track. It's only a quarter of the way through. Plenty of football left. All right? So, come on, Raiders. I'm just saying just win, baby. And Raider Greg, I'm out. There's nothing worse than losing in someone else's stadium. It is embarrassing. I don't believe in being too cocky when you're in someone else's stadium. You end up paying the price if something like that happens and you get embarrassed. Plus, it gives us a bad image. You know, let's hope for the day when we can be a dominant team like some of these other teams we've seen that can win at home and on the road. Like... Two teams that come to mind, the Patriots, they've been on top for a long time, and the 49ers, when they were in their heyday, they were they were a top team for probably close to 20 years. But I guess no one stays on top forever, and hopefully it's our turn now. Okay, who's next? Oh, here's one of my favorite callers. Raider Chris from Scranton, Pennsylvania. What's up, Chris? Raider Nation, Raider Greg, this is Raider Chris from Scranton, PA. <sighs> the wheels on this bus, they're flat. It, it, Carr I just found out that he's out two to six weeks with a fracture on his back. Oh, now we got to rely on EJ Manuel. Oh, rough. It's rough. And I'm really starting to believe that this offensive line, who, by the way, were supposed to be one of the best in the league, has given up on Carr for whatever reason. I truly believe they stopped protecting him. I really do. 
there's a big difference in this team. Huge difference. And Lynch, he's nowhere to be found. Do we even have him still? I don't I don't know. Uh and the safe play calling on offense. It's like having our old offensive coordinator again. And the fake punt that was just ugly. Ugly, ugly, ugly like King's hair. But I I see what's happening here. I it's not looking too pretty. Two to six weeks without our without our leader. That's it's not good. And this poor defense, they're playing their asses up. They're, they're just worn out. Irvin finally showed up, thank God. Him and Matt together, they need each other. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. And I'm starting to lose faith on this Conley kid, too. You know, we took, the team took a big risk and chance drafting him for the obvious reasons. And it's just, we see him once. And Anderson, another concussion. And that bullshit pass interference call on Nelson in the first quarter. That was bogus. But, yeah, two to six weeks. I know I keep saying it, but, you know, it's, it, there's going to be a difference in this team now. And that was a big game for us. And we just couldn't get nothing going. They're not blocking for Carr. They're not. I blame the offensive line 100%. But, you know, get ready because there's about to be a bumpy road ahead of us, guys. Raider Nation, I'm out like that fat girl in dodgeball. Good comments, Chris, as always. I only have one question for you. Where's your buddy Pennsylvania Raider? He used to call in almost as often as you did. You guys would call in back-to-back a lot of times. I've been wondering what's going on with him. Anyway, thanks for calling. Give my regards to Pennsylvania Raider. Who do we have next? It's by any means Mario. What's up, Raider Nation? This is by any means Mario. Actually, just got the news that Derek Carr is going to be out two to six weeks. It's actually my son in the background asking the same thing I am. What are we going to do now? It's been a tough couple of weeks. Um, bad playing, bad football, bad offensive games. I mean, it seems like we can't do anything at all. Um, and now with Derek Carr out, it's just going to be even tougher. Uh, I know EJ Manuel came in and he did a good job against um, the Broncos, but I mean, there's not not much that we can expect from him. Our defense has been battling, playing hard, you know, stopping. I mean, they they have only scored only 16 points on us. We should be able to win games like that, or we should at least be averaging 30 points a game. Not sure exactly what's going on. I know all the Raider Nation family here is just wondering the same thing, but we got to try to stay positive and see. Hopefully, Carr recovers. He'll be back in maybe a couple of weeks, hopefully. And we have a, a home stand, so three games in a row at home. We should be able to, you know, pull those off. Going out with the family out there this uh, this weekend, taking my son. He's only six years old, taking him to his first game, so he's excited. Not too excited about the news, but, you know, we're still supporting and hopefully we get that win. Let's go Raiders. This is by the means Mario, and I'm out. Hey, Mario, I love hearing you raising that passionate son of yours in the background. Next on the line, we've got Raider Sid, the Desert Raider, formerly known as Raider Sid from Moval. What's up, Sid? 
What up, Raider Randy, Raider Greg? This is Raider Sid, the Desert Raider. And I'm pissed off. Sorry, but this is bullshit, man. We could have won this game. Even though we got our asses kicked again, we could have stolen this game from Denver. But you know what? A few plays that we just completely shit the bed on happened. You know, first off, Cook dropping two passes in the end zone. Okay, one of them was going to be a tough catch, and I'll let that one go. But the other one, he just simply alligator-armed it and was waiting for the hit or whatever and let it go right through his hands. Okay, you blew it because if you make that catch, we're going in for the winning field goal instead of trying to get a touchdown at the end of the game. So thanks, Cook. Thanks for that fucking drop. Sorry about that. Cooper and his drop again. You know, not only that, but at the end of the game, you've got to break up that interception. I know that he had the angle. It was a stupid play to call when you got a safety over the top like that. You know, if you're going to throw that ball, you've got to make sure that Cooper's the only one that's going to catch it or it goes out of bounds. You know, so it was, it was almost identical to that stupid car interception in the previous game against the Redskins. Damn. Come on, Cooper. You've got to make some catches. You've got to get open. Okay, the offensive line. What the hell happened to our offensive line? We're, we're not getting any running game. We're not getting any push. We can't protect the quarterback. Oh, and yeah, by the way, our quarterback's out for two to six weeks because you guys can't protect them. And the receivers can't get open. And Carr can't seem to, to extend plays. He just kind of, he crumbles, you know? I think that's because of last year, and now he's, he's kind of playing scared. This team is flipping, falling apart. And, we ha- and you know what really gets me is Del Rio. Why do you go for it on fourth and one when you're in field goal range and you can make it a one-score game? And you have plenty of time to get the ball two more times. Why would you do that? Our run game was getting nailed. I don't blame Marshawn. Hell, they were in the backfield before he even got the ball. He had no chance of making that. Come on, Del Rio, pull your head out. A field goal gets us to within one score. And guess what? We win the game at the end. We blew it. We just completely blew it on all levels. And what was that call on 4th and 11 to try to get Marquette King to give us a first down? What the hell's wrong with you? That was just plain stupid. You gave him three points there. This was a winnable game. Okay, so Del Rio... I'm sorry, but this loss is on you. You you completely blew it. All right? So Carr's going to be out for the next few weeks, and everybody thinks, oh, well, E.J. Manuel, he's going to – no, he's not going to. All right? He is what he is. We're going to get our asses kicked. Hopefully he's only out for two weeks. All right? And it looks like we'll be going for a wild card because we're not going to win the division unless something happens to KC. So it looks bad. I'm not going to sugarcoat this. This looks flipping bad. Damn it. Come on, offensive line. It starts with you guys. And Del Rio, make some friggin' common sense calls. You don't have to be a riverboat gambler every single time. Come on, risk and reward. Let's go. Don't do stupid stuff. Get the points. All right, Raider Greg and Raider Randy, thank you for having this outlet for me to, to just burst it out so I don't take it out on my wife and kids. Oh, Raider Nation, we're still not out of it. Still early in the season. Uh, don't expect too much from E.J. Manuel. We're going to have to – we have to dominate the offensive line. 
are, they have to kick ass because we have to get the run game going because that's the only way we're going to win these games. Even though it's the Chargers and the Ravens, we have to pound it. All right, Raider Nation, I'm out of here. Let's go. Let's do something for once. Man up. This is Raider Sid. That guy's a Raider. And I'm out. Damn, Sid. You're getting a little emotional there. We need to try to bottle up some of that passion and maybe inject it into Amari Cooper. Our next caller is Raider Bray from L.A. Hey, Raider Greg. This is Raider Bray from L.A. And it's Tuesday, uh, a couple days after the Denver Smackdown, and uh, of course I'm being somewhat bummed here. You know, our quarterback is out for at least two weeks. This is not something we want to rush back from because he's back. Um, so I'm thinking it's probably going to be more than two weeks that he's out. Um, shit, <laughs> excuse me. Uh, uh, let me see. What can I say? Uh, the guys were looking pretty good. This. You know, offense still not going anywhere. I don't know why Lynch can't get anything going these past two games. Of course, Denver's not allowed 100 yards from four different uh, good running backs. So their defense is definitely stout. Uh, E.J. Manuel looked pretty good. You know, what, he passed eight in a row, and then uh, the next one, an interception. I almost have to put that on Amari Cooper. He could have fought for that ball a little more. But, you know, that was kind of a 50-50 ball. But just like the play that uh, Derek threw last week, uh, that second play of the game, you know, safety coming over and taking that shot to Cooper. Um, What can I say? Here we go again. Ah. So hopefully the D – We'll learn how to be stout and tough and win a couple games for us. Uh, they definitely are looking better than they were. They only gave up 16 points. And uh, anyway, this is Raider Bray going, ah, like the rest of Raider Nation. And uh, I'm out. Well, Raider Bray, like Raider Greg would say, we all feel your pain, brother. Speaking of Raider Greg, Greg, I'll never criticize your podcasts again. I don't know how you whip these things out so fast. This thing's taking me forever. I got to finish this thing. It's Friday night. Uh, let's see. Our next caller, Raider Carrot from Riverside, California. Raider Greg, another ugly game. This is Raider Carrot from Riverside. I know a lot of Raider Nation is going to have a lot of things to say and a lot of different aspects of the game, but I'm going to concentrate on quarterback play. And obviously, losing Derek Carr is a huge, huge blow to the team. But we have, in my opinion, one of the better backups in the league, and that's why we signed EJ. And I just want to say, when I saw him come in cold off the bench, this man was dropping dimes all over the field. I mean, just, I was amazed. And not one person from our offense wanted to help him out. Not one person. Those drops from Cook, the drop from Cooper, again, killed our chances. We were still in the game despite playing another 
horrible game. We were in it, and nobody on the offense wanted to help EJ win the game. Nobody wanted to help the Raiders. And it's just so disappointing to me to see this. I mean, say Derek Carr comes back, I'm still scared. Because it doesn't matter. If you put the ball somewhere and the guy's supposed to catch it and he doesn't, what difference does it make who's throwing the ball? So that's all I got. All I wanted to say is uh, I think EJ's going to play well until Derek gets back. But it's on the rest of the team to do something to help this man. All right, Raider Nation, hang in there. We're going to come back. This is Raider Carrot from Riverside. I'm out. Raider Carrot, whatever you said, I'm sure it was right on. But I'm in such a hurry to finish this show, I didn't listen to a word you said. (laughs) Sorry about that, man. And our final caller. He needs no introduction, so I'm not giving him an introduction. Yeah, this is Money Man has spoken. Wow. What the hell? Man, I know a couple of years ago I called in talking about 10 shitty points. And with the offense that we have today, I'm doing it again. Back-to-back 10s. What the? We supposed to be the best scoring offense in the NFL. And people out there trying to blame, oh, it's the offensive line and Marshawn washed up. He danced too long. All kind of bullshit. The protest, they don't want to block for Carr because he wouldn't sit with the offensive line and all kind of nonsense. And I'm like, man, it starts with our quarterback, regardless of what y'all want to say. Because guess what? He been exposed. We see it. We've been watching this guy with the last couple of games, and when he has no pressure on him, oh, yeah, he's good. He's good. And he hasn't had any pressure on him for, like, the last year, and he no led us to the playoffs, although he got hurt the last game. Put up big numbers, but the thing about being a quarterback in this league is can you handle adversity? When the pocket is collapsing, what you going to do? And we saw it. He folds up. A coward me in the pocket. Scared, man. I'm like, God damn, you look like Scooby-Doo out there. I'm like, oh, my goodness, like he's a scene of ghost. I thought this shit was over with after 2014. I hope it was anyway. But we see now, if he don't have a perfect pocket, no pressure at all for 10 yards away from him, shit like that. Don't try to hit the ground. He's like a darn headlights, and I'm like, whoa, my goodness. Y'all see it, man. Y'all see it. I saw it. Ooh, that was, that, that's very disturbing, man, because I'm like, we just gave $125 million. 
So you're going to have the devil have an off Atlantic that's going to have to basically block their asses off and just keep everybody off of them. I'm like, shit. And, like, and you know, the defense that we playing, I'm like, I don't know if our team can do that shit, though. You know, the whole goddamn season throughout the playoffs. And, woo. And I was like, no, but EJ, right now, we just won't worry about what EJ doing because, you know, car got busted up, scared, falling down instead of keeping his eyes downfield trying to make a play. He balling up. That's why I got the goddamn back broke. But now, let's go to EJ. He looked pretty damn good out there, man. He showed some poise, something we never saw out of car. Yeah, he got sacked, but goddamn, he wasn't even worried about the guy when he came and hit him. He was looking downfield when he got hit. Not at the line coming at him. Do some good-ass passes. His goddamn receiver tight end let his ass down. I'm like, damn, catch the ball, people. Catch the damn ball. If, uh, if Cook had an alligator on that damn ball, we'd have 14, and all we would have needed was a field goal. And we were already in field goal range when he threw that interception. But I'm like, damn. We had no more timeouts and shit. I'm like, come on, man. Now we're sitting there two and two. We got to win the next two games at least before we play KC. I can't see us being Kansas City, even if we did have a car, to be honest with you. But um, we're going to try to hold on. EJ can hold it down until we get that old scare-ass quarterback back out there just because I know that's what people want. But, man. I did not like that shit I've seen the last two weeks. Not at all. Defense played the ass off, though. Defense played the ass off against them. I got to give them credit, man. We thought they were going to be the ones fucking up out there. Not this offense with 20 points in the last two games. But in saying that, Raider Greg, Raider Nation, I'm out. Well, money man, I know what you mean, man. The pocket was collapsing on car, and... It- if the other team's getting a rush with just four guys, you'd think our offensive lineman ought to be able to give them at least two or three seconds of protection with just a normal four-man rush. And if they're, they're blitzing us, then Carr should be able to spot the open receiver. Somebody's got to be open if they're blitzing. I don't know. Maybe, maybe the answer is maybe E.J. Manuel will be the second coming of Terrell Pryor. What do you think about that, money man? That's something to hope for, right? Well, this is only game five coming up, but somehow it's already feeling like a must-win game. Our friend Keith Crusader Raider Smith is on a plane right now coming over from London, England. He's going to be at the Coliseum for three games back-to-back. Hopefully Keith will bring us good luck. My wife Lisa will be wearing her lucky Raider shoes that she hand-painted. I think we're due for a turnaround. Greg will be back next week. That will definitely be welcome for me. So, all I can say is, Go Raiders! Go Raiders!